This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles. It is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles, brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens. 75 high-quality vitamins to help you start your day right. And betonline.ag, fastest, easiest way to bet on sports. All right, Greg, uh, before we get into this Colts game, we sit here now 4-4, four and four, pretty much the halfway point to the season. Of course, now there's 17 games, so... Technically not yet, but we are there about eight and a half games, right? So we're there at the halfway point. And I saw that you have some good news and some bad news for Patriots fans. Let, let's start with the good news, Greg Bedard. Yeah. Good news is they're one spot out of the playoffs. Um, you know, they're right there. I would say that overall and Nick, I'm sure you would agree with this, that there is a, you know, certain elite class in the NFL, especially in the AFC. Yep. I think you're talking, Buffalo, Kansas City. I think Baltimore's knocking on the door of that, especially with the Roquan Smith trade, which I think addresses a humongous need for them at linebacker and makes them a lot better on defense. Now, will John Harbaugh keep going for fourth downs in idiotic situations? I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I would say, you know, those teams are sort of, you know, the class of what's going on. I think, um, you know, when when you talk about the Patriots, they're in sort of a, a large middle group where anything could happen um, as far as, you know, what happens down the stretch. Like you can't say, I would say, you know, um, you know, as far as playoff teams, can't uh, Tennessee will probably win the South. Um, they're five and two, definitely a flawed five and two team, but Mike Vrabel is doing Mike Vrabel things again. Um Baltimore's leading the North. And then I think you would probably say Miami is sort of, they haven't locked it up yet, but in terms of, you know, that gives you five teams in the AFC. Um, And I think, you know, part of the good news is that the Patriots are in a very jumbled middle where they've beaten some of the teams. They're going to face some of the teams, but I think that they have as good a chance as anybody if they get their stuff together. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the rest of really the league, there there is the cream of the crop this year that is truly the cream of the crop. And then there's a bunch of other teams, like even in the NFC. So I think you're right. And we've talked about that, Greg, you and I, about this football team. They're pretty much in the middle of the pack. You know, if they play great football, they can beat a lot of teams. If they play bad football, they can lose to a lot of teams. They're in that middle tier. And that's what we've seen play out through the first eight weeks. Where, you know, if you if you play well, you probably, you know, could could possibly beat Green Bay there at Lambeau. But if you if you play bad, you get absolutely smoked by Chicago at home on Monday night. Like that's that's kind of where they're at. Uh, and, and the Dolphins, I would agree with you. Uh, I, I think they're part of the mix, not the cream of the crop just yet. I want to see them play a little bit more. But I think if you look at the rest of it, you know, the Bengals without Jamar Chase, big time question mark. Their offensive line has been inconsistent. Uh, the Colts, I do not believe in. We'll talk about them a little bit later with their their movement at quarterback and firing their offensive coordinator this week. The Raiders on paper, tremendously talented on the field. They haven't won a road game, and, and they've just they, – they've really, really, really underachieved through the first, you know, several weeks of the season, first seven, eight weeks of the season. So I, I think you're right. We're right about there. Um, as far as what you're confident in and what you might be worried about with this football team as we reach the halfway point – Let's again start optimistic. What are you confident about when you talk about the New England Patriots and when you watch them on film? 
When I look at the Patriots, I think, you know, and I and I thought about this for a while. All right. Like, what's the thing that I'm banking on the most that I that I'm like, all right, this will give the Patriots an edge over most teams, including this week against the Colts. And it's just Belichick in general. Um, I think that, you know, look, do I think he's do I think he's throwing ninety nine now? No, but I still think he's. He's he's throwing mid nineties and he's he's gotten very crafty and pretty much every game that the Patriots come out and and you know look the Bears game is the exception to the rule and almost every game almost every team has one of those games uh, the Raiders had it last week against the Saints where you know it it just doesn't work and um, it makes you look worse than you really are. That was the bears game for the Patriots. I thought they overthought a lot of things in that game plan underthought a lot of things, mostly that they didn't think (laughs) that there was much chance that the bears were going to beat them or at least run away with the game. I think that they went into that thinking like we can kind of screw around and do a few things here, including at quarterback, some of the uh, edge stuff on defense, the bears aren't going to run away from us or anything. So even if we screw up, we can we can make up for it in the second half. That did not happen. The Bears ran away from them. But in general, you know, Bill and you know, this is why I never thought like the whole Matt Patricia Joe Judge thing was going to be a disaster because Bill is there to oversee everything and sort of direct everything. And and he, you could tell on the sidelines of game day, he is heavily invested in the offense compared to the defense. I mean, he just is. He's he's basically overseeing. The offense. And so, you know, that I, I always believed that would be the case. And so that is giving me confidence on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, on defense, they're always going to have a good plan and they're going to Bill's always going to have a plan for the team in general that is going to keep them in the game. And like I said, the Bears game was the exception. But, you know, nine times out of 10, the Patriots are going to be in the game. And that gives me the most confidence with this team. Yeah, I mean, look, Be- Belichick, uh, he he has done some things that, of course, we've questioned. And, you know, I had my rant last week and I still stand by that. If, if they somehow win, you know, six games or less, which looks very unlikely at this point, being four and four, then everything's on the table. If he finishes with, you know, seven, eight, nine wins, then it's, hey, we got to contend next year. But I, I do generally believe in, in the plan that he has week in and week out. Uh, I just didn't like how he handled some of the coaching staff stuff and how he handled the Mac Jones thing I thought was a disaster, but I I still have confidence in him. I mean, look, it's all relatively speaking. I used to have this conversation in Boston when I was doing radio at EEI and even at 98.5 with Brad Stevens, people would be bitching about Brad Stevens. And I'd say, he's still a top five coach. Like he, he doesn't do everything great. He's not perfect. And eventually his voice kind of wore down that team. And, and he decided that it would be best for him to move on as, as the, you know, shot caller in the front office, but it's the same thing with Belichick. Like it's not, you're not going to have a flawless operation, but when you look at the coaching in the NFL, the guy is still the cream of the crop. He's still one of the elite coaches. So uh, I, I don't have much doubt. I know you have somebody else on the list and, and I would jump in on this as well. Ramondre Stevenson, Greg, you know, you go back a couple of years ago, I stood on my table about getting the football to Damian Harris and I still believe that I still believe Damian Harris is, is a really good back, but Stevenson's better. And he is, I tweeted this on Sunday and it's not rocket science. He by far is the best offensive player on this football team. Yeah. I mean, he's just, um, 
He's just dynamic and now a, a variety of different ways. I, I definitely have a lot of confidence in him. Of course, at the running back position, a lot of it's dependent on what's going on him, namely, you know, the blocking and is the passing game effective enough to give him the opportunity to run. Uh, but then again, we saw against the Jets that even if it wasn't blocked well and it wasn't blocked well most of the day, I mean, Stevenson can just break a couple tackles and get 50 yards. And, um, you know, the, the, the James white arrow route that he pulled out the one handed grab, you're just like, you know, Holy cow, there is something there. And I, I, you, you do, I think we mentioned it. You do worry about the workload with him. I do think he's built for it. And at least in a one year scenario, um, that's fine. You're hoping probably at some point that the Patriots get Ty Montgomery back, to uh, give you a little bit more in the past game um, as far as alleviating some of the stuff from Stevenson. But there's a little question that he is, he is the best offensive player on this team right now. And he's just, he's been sensational all year, sort of started at the end of last year and um, credit to him. He just has rolled it into this year and, and gone up another level. Yeah. I'd also mentioned Jacoby Myers. He deserves mention obviously yeah. as, as a key offensive player. He's been really good, man. And I, I hope he stays, but who knows what happens with that. All right. Defensively, you talked Belichick coaching, you talked offensively, defensively, uh, you know, what do you, what do you feel confident in? I, I, I continue to really like their man coverage ability in, in the back end, as far as, you know, receivers All right, tight ends and running backs. You can, you can sort of argue with that, and and I would not argue against it. But as far as like their cornerbacks and their ability, if they're if they're able to play man to man, I mean, from Jonathan Jones, um, Jalen Mills at times, I thought he was he, he was better this past week. Uh, Miles Bryant at times, Jack Jones at times. Most of the time, when Jack Jones just has to cover then, you know, I'm good with that. Now, do I think they're a little thin there? And we talked about the trade deadline and adding another person to the mix at cornerback. Would I have been in favor of that? Yes, because they're one injury away from Jonathan Jones for them to be, you know, really rough at cornerback. But when I watch the film and you, when they get the opportunity to play man-to-man, they still do play a lot of man-to-man. That's what they want to do. And they're much worse in zone. That that's why they're they struggle so much with these mobile quarterbacks that they have to worry about running the ball. Uh, I really like how they cover man to man, and you know it, it, how that plays out against the Buffaloes and the Kansas Cities of the world. I don't know, but for now, these guys cover really well in the back end. These cornerbacks, and they're doing a great job. Now let's talk about your worries, Greg. Uh, I'd have to imagine, especially after last weekend. Somebody who is a big fan of offensive line play and talks offensive line play. And some people pick on my guy, Greg, about loving the offensive line play. But I've got to imagine that that is likely one of the things on your worry list is is the guys up front in front of Mac Jones. Yeah, it it is. And I put the whole group, but, um, you know, really, as long as they get David Andrews back and who knows, he didn't practice yesterday, still dealing with the, the concussion from the, from, um, the uh, the Bears game, um, you know, I, it's really the right tackle position. I mean, it's and it's part of the reason why we talked up in the run up to the draft. I was like, you know, they got to draft a tackle, and then they drafted a guard, and and that's fine. We've been through that before, and um, 
But, you know, because I think Trent Brown has, even last week, I mean, he had some issues from time to time. But, you know, for the most part, he's been pretty good since week one. He's been he, he's been really good. I, I haven't had any issues with Trent Brown. You worry about durability, but that hasn't shown up yet. Um, but it's right tackle and left guard. And Cole Strange is is fine. I mean, he's where he is. He's a young player. This is what you deal with. But you see when David Andrews is not there, um, there are issues. And one of the underlying things that people haven't really talked about, you know, and they look at the PFF numbers from Cole Strange in certain games and things like that, what they don't realize is like, he gets a lot of help from David Andrews and that's fine. I mean, that's what you would think because Michael winning at right guard has been sensational this year. And so pretty much anytime nobody uh, Andrews doesn't have anybody readily to block. He turns to Cole Strange's side. Now James Ferris does that too. He's very smart. He's just limited athletically, but um, you know, I think that Cole Strange, as long as he has Andrews there, he'll be fine. It's good enough. I mean, it's not going to be perfect. He's a rookie. You deal with it. You know, right tackle's just been uh, pretty much a disaster from day one in training camp to the, you know, with Isaiah Wynn um, to the point that they had to bring Marcus Cannon back, who who is really slow afoot this time around. They don't really have anything that they can rely on. Yadni Kajust has been here seemingly forever as a third round pick, yet they will not play him. I don't know <laughs> why he's on the roster if they won't play him with the issues that they're having at right. Could it be any worse? I mean, really? Could it be any worse? I mean, why not give him a try? But yeah, offensive line, because of all that. And if, if the offensive line doesn't play well, the Patriots can't stay balanced. They can't run the ball. There's too much pressure on Mac Jones, who's a pocket quarterback, and things sort of crumble. So to me, the whole season hinges on the offensive line. Can they get it together? They still have the pieces, but can they get it together? I don't know. I feel like Bill Murray in the movie Groundhog's Day, when he consistently rolls over in bed every morning and I got you babe is playing on the radio and he's going to smash the radio with his hand to stop. You know, I've got you babe because he's living the same day over and over and over and over again, waiting for Punxsutawney Phil. Uh, that's the deal with linebacker with this team. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm living the bill Murray thing. Uh, we, we talk about it all the time, Greg, we've talked about it for years. We talked about it after the Buffalo bills, absolutely embarrassed and humiliated that defense not once but twice in the final time in the playoffs as we all know you and I were screaming for athletic linebackers you and I were screaming for a guy like Devin Lloyd in the first round of course we were told that Cam McGrone was right around the corner uh, I'm worried about the second level against mobile quarterbacks because Lamar Jackson's killed him Justin Fields has killed him again Allen killed him last year uh, I would just imagine that he's going to kill them again this season. A am I right to be worried about that? Uh, yes. I mean, yeah, I would, I would definitely be worried about that. It's, it's some of the fear factor, a slight fear factor that I had this week against the Colts um, in, in terms of Sam Ellinger and, and his athletic ability. But um, yeah, a a absolutely. I mean, you know, I just think, um, you know, their linebackers, when you look at them, um, you know, when they have to play faster teams, they have to go into zone. And these guys, they don't do a good job of getting where they need to in their drops. Um, you know, they're, they, they get exposed against the faster teams. Like, you know, they just – the Patriots look slow as a team. I mean, we saw that against 
the Bears, where it was just like, wait a minute, this is the same thing as last year. I thought they were getting faster where they are, and they just haven't been able to do that. And I think that's that's a weakness. It's fine against some of the teams that they play. And, you know, the Patriots even look fast at times. But um, against the better teams in this league, the better offenses in this league, they're – they they just look mediocre. And I think there's, there's, there's a saying, and I've heard Mike Lombardi say it, and I've heard other people say it, that, you know, that you don't have a fast team. You're as fast as your middle linebacker allows you to be. And Juwan Bentley is just limited, but he's a guy they gave an extension to, and they would rather him defend well against the run against bigger teams than be able to run around. And we were hopeful that one of those other guys would hit, right? Like before the season started, we said, yeah. well, you've got Mac Wilson, you've got McMillan, you've got Tavai, you've got maybe McGrone who can get healthy yep. and feel better again and, and be in the mix. And so from a number standpoint, you needed one of those four guys to hit and really none of them have hit on any consistent basis. And, you know, that's, that's on the staff, you know, Greg and I can sit here and say, well, they just need one to hit and the linebacker might not be bad. But it's up to the staff to evaluate these guys and truly know what they have. And they swung and missed on every single one of them. And I think you made a great point earlier this week. Like, it's not like Tavai is Captain Reckless out there. He just he's not an impact player and he's not somebody who can make plays against elite offenses and, 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 and running quarterbacks consistently. And that's what they need. They need an impact guy who could run around the football field and make some plays and show up. They, they need a, a Kyle Duggar-esque linebacker, so to speak downhill flying around the field sure tackler making people pay and uh they don't have that all right so uh one more thing play calling especially situational play calling and tight game play calling your thoughts greg yeah i just think it's i think it's a complete unproven thing and you know we we've matt patricia has been an ongoing discussion he will be and you know you just look at um at some of the the games that they've played this year and you just look at the Patriots and, you know, have they really been tested yet where it's all right, it's the fourth quarter and you got to go back and forth. They score. Now you got to go down and score. And you know, the, the Dolphins game was pretty much out of reach. The Steelers game, they were able to get a lead and just sort of, you know, run that game out. Uh, The Ravens, they couldn't match. The Packers were a different game because of, you know, being down quarterbacks. They, you know, they got ahead of the Brown, the Lions and the Browns, and those games were over. The Bears game was the Bears game. And then, you know, the Jets game was similar, I would say, to the Lions and the Browns game, where they once they got control of the game early in the third quarter, that was it. But we still don't know what this team is like, you know, come, especially Matt Patricia. How is he going to call games? I mean, it's it's fine to script the first 15 plays or, you know, what have you um, and sort of you know, game game plan for the middle of the game. It's much different in game to say, all right, what's what's working, what's not working, and you know, and then come up with the big plays. He has not been tested, but these games, you know, whether it's I, I doubt it's this weekend, but and possibly the Jets have a better answer if Zach Zach Wilson doesn't vomit on himself again. But you know, <laughs> games like the Vikings, the Bills, the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Bengals. I mean, basically the whole rest of the schedule, they're going to have to pull some games out in the fourth quarter to win those games. And and they just, that's something, I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just saying it's a great unknown. It's a great unknown indeed. Uh, before we get to this Colts game on Sunday, Greg, uh, tell the people about Athletic Green. 
I started taking AG1 because I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place. Now I've been on it for about four months and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, has kind of a mild tropical taste, a little minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning, and now it's part of my morning routine, and I'd be lost without it. it contains less than one gram of sugar. Love that. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals, artificial anything, while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The Indianapolis Colts, a team that's on shaky ground right now. Chris Ballard on the hot seat, their GM, Frank Reich, on the hot seat. They fire their offensive coordinator this week, even though he's not responsible for calling the plays. They bench Matt Ryan after trading for him in the offseason. That did not work out a year after the Carson Wentz disastrous situation. Uh, Jonathan Taylor also banged up. Uh, not sure if he's going to play this weekend. But let's look at this offense, Greg. Sam Ellinger now quarterback. They're trying to figure out what they have in him. And, and what do you see when you, when you look at this Colts offense? I mean, it's rough. I mean, they, they, they still come up with plays for Jonathan Taylor, who of course, you know, did a number on uh, the Patriots last year in the game where Oof. they just, they couldn't stop him when the game ever, but really when the game was on the line, <laughs> they needed one more stop to win that game. And the guy goes like 80 yards for a touchdown. Um, Brutal. Yeah, I would say, you know, Ellinger is, um, how do I put this? He's more of an athlete than a quarterback. Um, he's basically, you know, he's he's a little bit like Zappy. He's like, he's 6'1", um, you know, pretty strong. He, he's got a strong arm. Um, definitely, he, at Texas, he, he's a runner. He took a lot of hits, a little bit reckless. Um, kind of reminds me of Carson Wentz a bit more than anything. And, you know, the Colts, uh, it, it, it'll remind people a little bit of the Steelers offense in terms of a lot of like motion end arounds. They're trying to come up with yards, uh, screens, slip screens, stuff like that. They will dial up. You know, he had a couple long passes against Washington last week. Um you know, but the big thing is, is like, you know, I expect the Patriots to bring a bunch of heat this game, both against the run and Ellinger and just, you know, I would spy Ellinger, you know, don't play zone that made it. He, he, he did a pretty good job against zone against Washington. I would put the pressure on him and see if you can make the pipes burst. Defensively, what do the Colts look like? I, I look, Nick, I think we've talked about this over the years. <laughs> Like, how does Gus Bradley keep getting jobs? Like, he's got uh, pictures on people or something. He's got to have Frank pictures. Reich goes from he had Matt Eberflus last year, who who does a good job. We saw him with Chicago. He did a good job against you know Mac Jones got picked off twice last year. A guy who does a lot of mixing and matching on defense in terms of what he does, changes things up, gives you different looks pre and post snap to 
It's Gus Bradley in the old Seattle cover three, which died about 10 years ago. Yet he keeps getting jobs. I mean, they got um, Stefan Gilmore out there. We all know how Gilmore does when he has to play zone as opposed to man. Now they will play some man, but um, you know, their pass rush isn't, you know, effective enough. It's okay. Their defensive line's okay. Shaq Leonard is not the same guy anymore. He's been dealing with injuries. He's not as fast. They actually moved him. He's not the Mike linebacker anymore. I think he played 29% of the snaps. He like, he's, he's like a package player right now because he's so limited and, uh it's just it's a rough defense i would expect the patriots to be able this could be their best you know against a decent team you know not the browns and the lions but this this could be their best offensive game you know look the colts will try to limit you in terms of big plays and things like that and that's what that defense is good at but um you know, this is just the same thing. I can't believe Gus Bradley is still employed as a defensive coordinator. <laughs> we got the pick coming up, but first tell everybody how they can get involved with picking this game at Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events. Bet NHL, NFL, NBA, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Pat's favored by five points. The over-under is 39 and a half. Greg and I got back on the uh, balance beam last week. We're seven and one. Greg, uh, just judging from your comments earlier, I have to imagine you, you like the Patriots in this spot. Yeah, I do. I, I, I think the defense could throw a shutout in this game. Uh, I think they'll be able to move the ball enough. Now, you know, we'll see whether they're successful in the red zone. This defense tightens up a bit there. But, yeah, I like the Patriots in this game. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be very high scoring. Um, you know, Ellinger might bust a play or Jonathan Taylor, if he's healthy, might bust a play here and there. But I like the Patriots somewhere in the realm of 24-10, somewhere in there. Uh, my score is going to be 23-10. to 10. I shit you not. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll go <laughs> – I'll go Patriots minus five. I'll go the under. Uh, I, I agree with a lot of what Greg said. I'll, I'll go 23, 10. I think the Patriots can, can take care of business here and, and they better take care of business. Cause if they struggle against this football team, I don't think the Colts are very good. You're at home. And uh, there are going to be opportunities on both sides of the football to take advantage of the Colts. So uh, I like the Pats in this spot. And, and I think they will be five and four when we talk about them next week. Uh, the BSJ member question of the day, thirty nine ninety nine on the annual plan. All the great Boston sports coverage. Of course, you also get Greg in the chats. You get Greg's film work as well. Uh, well, what's the question for today, Greg? Uh, so Victor H says, is this the point of the season when we know what kind of teams this is? Is eight games enough to stop making excuses and start drawing conclusions? Just checking. Um it's not quite enough time because I do think the quarterback injury, Mac Jones sort of, you know, delayed everything. Um, they've done well enough. I wouldn't say they've, 
I mean, I think they've underachieved a little bit. I had them five and three at this point. They're four and four, but they're still in it. I think that, you know, the rest of the AFC going down a notch than where we thought they were in the in the in the preseason uh, has certainly kept them in the game. Um, yep. Do we know what kind of team they are? I would say no. I think let's let's get through this game. And then I think it's the bye week after this game, I think. And then they have the Jets on the other side. Um no, I mean, I, I think they're going to be I think they're going to be a complete unknown going into that tough final stretch. And a lot of those teams don't have great records or aren't that great on paper, like the Vikings or even the Cardinals and the Raiders. But those teams will challenge the Patriots. They, they prevent, present a lot of difficulties. I would I, I would really like them start getting more ground based and imposing their will. I think that's really that the offense should run through Ramondre Stevenson and the running game and everything should branch off that. Will Matt Patricia do that? We shall see. Yeah, they got the uh, bye week after this game. Then they've got the Jets at home. And then, of course, you've got that Thanksgiving game against the Vikings in Minnesota, gobble, gobble. And then you've got the Bills, Cardinals, and Raiders after that. So that's how the schedule maps out. And I agree with you. You know, you look at a lot of these teams. Um, let's give Max some more time coming back from this injury. Uh, all the changes in the offseason. Uh, but when you look around the league, just there's not a lot of great football, folks. There's really not. Uh, you know, the Packers are not good right now. The Buccaneers are not good right now. The Rams are not good right now. Some of these teams that we thought would be in the upper echelon, they're just not showing up. Uh, he is Greg Bedard. I am Nick Cattles. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with, you guessed it, Nick Cattles, brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens and Bet Online. Sunday, Colts, Patriots. We'll see if we're right. Can we move to uh, eight and one on the season with our picks? Uh, we'll check on that and a lot more early next week. Everybody enjoy the football over the weekend. Be good, be safe, and be healthy.